Podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am joined by nobody. It is a Sunday night. The Lakers just beat the Sacramento Kings, and I'm going to answer your guys' questions. Uh, there's not really that much to talk about with the game. I, it's kind of weird. It, this was the first game in watching it that it felt like the <laughs> the crowd was in on the importance of tanking. Uh, so when the Lakers. So when the Lakers were playing well and, and walked away with the win, it was kind of like a weird, bittersweet m- mood with, with the team. Uh, so I, I don't know what to take away from that. Even back when, like, Byron was a coach or even before Byron was a coach, uh, the idea of tanking was so below the Lakers that it wasn't something that you would notice in the arena. Tonight was the first time where you actually kind of sort of noticed it in the arena I don't know what to do with that information, really, but, you know, maybe everybody got smarter. I don't know. I still can't get into the idea of tanking for the Lakers this year. Uh, I was happy to beat the Kings. Um, I, 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 you know, they had, like, their best year in, like, 15 years, uh, and and beating them is, is kind of fun still. So, I don't know. Well, it's weird, but... There are a ton of questions to get to. Uh, I went back about a week and a half uh, because it's hard to figure out where the cutoff was that, that Pete and I stopped answering questions. So if there's overlap here, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't think there's going to be, but if there is, you know, those of you whose questions I'm asking, answering again, you're welcome. Let's start, though, uh, with Assess the Threat asking, Hey, Anthony, I have a fun question for you this week because I really don't want to actually talk or think about the 2019 Lakers. If you had to construct the absolute best player of all time using attributes from only current or past Lakers, how would you do it? For example, player X's jump shot, player Z's finishing at the rim, player whatever it is. So I would start with oh, and then mentality is also uh, mentality is also something yeah, taken into account here as well. Uh, ATT also wants me to run this by Pete, so at some point I'll, I'll try to get his answer for this as well. But I would start with Shaq's body uh, when he was in shape, when he cared to be in shape. So like early, like 1999, 2000, Shaq's body. Uh, and and physical abilities, I would go with Kobe's like determination. I'd have Magic's passing ability. I would have man, who's the best shooter in Lakers history? That's a good question in and of itself. I'd probably go with like like Glenn Rice's shooting ability. I think he's probably like over the course of his time as a Laker, I think he's probably the best shooter in Lakers history. Or like Sasha Vujicic, who might have been a little bit ahead of his time. Uh, Michael Cooper's perimeter defense. I would go with James Worthy's finishing ability on the break. And I think you'd walk away with a pretty good player. (laughs) Right? Jerry West, just like, just overall killer demeanor. I I really honestly think Jerry West has like a personality disorder. Uh, He's just, he's just a a psychopath. He's in, in, in a, good way for sports right 
but I get put all that together, amalgamate it as best you possibly can, and I think you walk away with probably the best player of all time. I'd go f- so far as to say, building off of this question, assess the threat. Great question. Uh, I would I would put the Lakers player against any other player uh, from across the league, right? So like the Bulls' best player would basically basically be like taller Michael Jordan because Scottie Pippen was bigger than Michael, right? Uh, you would have in Boston, it would be some combination of Larry Bird and Bill Russell, right? With a little bit of, I don't even know who, who Kyrie Irving's handles, right? So, you know, it, 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 that's a fun question. I would like that. I Maybe... As we get closer to the end of the season and as I head out to, to Vegas for Summer League, I'll talk to the other hosts of Locked On Shows and then other people who, who cover their respective teams and see what everybody thinks about what their what their team's favorite player would look like or what their team's best Frankenstein player would look like. That's a, that's a <laughs> way to go, Assess the Threat. That's a fun one. We'll, we'll come back to that one in a bit. Uh, a. Jaff asks... Does it feel like the this does this year feel like the year we brought Dwight and Steve Nash? LeBron doesn't even have trade value. <laughs> he does. Uh, Ingram and Lonzo are injured a lot. Uh, Lu Smart is I don't know what Lu Smart. I don't. What is the solution now? Uh, from Almar Jaff from Kurdistan. So. I would compare it to that that Dwight and Nash year only in the in the way that you know it felt like this year expectations were just fallen way short of as they were that season. The difference to me is that like after Dwight and Nash, it was hard to see where the team goes from that point moving forward. Right? They used a lot of assets to acquire Dwight and to also acquire Nash. This year, now, the Lakers have lost D'Angelo Russell. They have lost Julius Randle, but they have their draft picks moving forward. Uh, they have cap space moving forward. So there are ways to still be able to salvage all of this in the ways that you couldn't do that after that super disappointing 2012 season. Uh, we're going to take a quick second here, and when we come back, I'm going to keep on answering your guys' questions. All right, King Wadester wants to know, hey, guys, hope you're doing well. I am. I'm doing all right. My question is, if we would have kept Russell, do you think we would have drafted Lonzo or Tatum? And if we got Lonzo, do you think Lonzo at the one and Russell at the two would have worked? That last question, yes, absolutely. Russell being able to focus primarily on offense and Lonzo being able to focus primarily on defense would have been a magical Duo. I, 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 there are very few things that I feel as strongly about in the NBA as I do in saying that Lonzo and Russell would have worked. Uh, regarding the first question, uh, if they kept Russell, would they have drafted Lonzo? Uh, Magic really wanted to draft a point guard, is like, so my reading based on, you know, talking to some people in and around the Lakers was that he really wanted a point guard. The Lakers were looking primarily at either uh, De'Aaron Fox or Lonzo Ball. 
but either way, the Lakers wanted a point guard, uh, and and I think they were. So, this is something I, I haven't. I've, I've been digging as best I can. Uh, this is one of my my favorite conspiracy theories. Is that the Lakers traded D'Angelo Russell as a favor to Byron Scott? Uh, Magic basically moved off of Russell after Russell got Byron fired, uh, thinking that Russell would never under would never understand what it takes to be successful in the NBA. And here is Magic looking extremely stupid <laughs> in in doing that. So uh, I think no matter what, the Lakers wanted a point guard, and when they drafted a point guard, they were looking to trade Russell uh, as as a favor as a as a last thank you note to the worst coach in the history of professional sports. Next question comes from Arete32. You hear the Arete. Yo soy Antonio Erwino. Y soy de Yorba Linda. <laughs> yeah, right. These guys all want to build a wall around me. Uh, this question comes from Arete32. I know it's hard with all the injuries, but how high do you think each player's ceiling is between Ingram, Lonzo, and Kuzma? I think Ingram has the highest ceiling because of the position he plays. Give me a versatile wing over just about any other player type in the NBA, and I'll feel pretty good about the direction that team is going in. Uh, and then Lonzo is behind Ingram. And then Kuzma's ceiling is significantly lower than both those other players. I'm. You guys ready for a hot take? I'm probably going to regret this. Kyle Kuzma's overrated. He feels like Tall Clarkson. Next question comes from Corporate Card Holder. What would the CP3 trade have done for Kobe's career slash legacy and the Lakers franchise? Personally, I think it extends his career by eliminating major injuries, increasing his all-time numbers, finishes closer to Malone in scoring, and extends his championship window, retires with six rings instead of five, and solidifies his spot on Mount Rushmore, uh, top four of all time. Lastly, where would the Lakers be right now, and do you think LeBron and CP3 current well would they currently be teammates in LA so I, I don't think Kobe and CP3 figure things out as as smoothly as a lot of Laker fans seem to think that that would have gone uh both guys needed the ball a lot both guys have type a personalities that probably would have clashed a lot in regards to how they wanted to lead the team, uh, I don't think CP3 makes it to this era of Lakers basketball with LeBron James. I think I don't think they ever win a title, but I definitely think they make a final series, if that makes sense. I think they work hard enough and work together, that they being uh, Chris Paul and Kobe, work hard enough and work hard enough at making things work as best they can. But... Uh, one of those guys would have had to take in a back seat and I'm not positive that, that either of them would have, if, if they would have, it would be Chris Paul because he's that type of a genius. I just don't know about Kobe and Chris Paul as leaders. Like it would take a very particular type of role player to make it work on that roster. Cause those guys were killers and, and they were killers, not just with the guys that they were lined up against, 
you know, on a nightly basis going up against opponents, but also in regards to the type of teammates that they needed or that they worked best off with. So I don't know how that goes. I, I don't think Kobe wins another title. The age stuff, like, yeah, maybe Kobe stays healthier longer, right, uh, than he did. Obviously, he he blew his Achilles in trying to drag that disappointing Dwight Mayer Lakers team to the finals or to the playoffs. Uh, but, but you know, it's hard to say because – like it does does that does that injury that that blown Achilles have anything to do necessarily with Miles or is it a random thing? Because if you talk to a lot of people who've blown their Achilles, that's something that just kind of like happens, and it's hard to say whether or not Kobe's additional miles and and the tread on those tires played a role in doing that in the way that a lot of people seem to think it did. Next question here comes from Calbo24 slash 8. Are we becoming the Knicks? Kind of. <laughs> I don't believe in Jeannie. I wish I did believe in Jeannie. Uh, I think she means really well, and by every account I have ever heard regarding her, she is one of the nicest people out there. But... You have to be a psychopath to succeed at this at this level of of competition in professional American sports and 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 just professional sports period. And I don't know if Jeannie is necessarily mean enough to do what she has to do to to get the Lakers to where they have to be. Like, like, do you honestly? I'm I'm asking you guys. I'll turn this question around and I'll ask you guys. Do you honestly think Jeannie Bus would fire Magic Johnson? Because she has to. And I don't think she will. And I think it's because she's too nice. She she cares too deeply and too personally about magic. And and I don't know what that means moving forward. Next question here. Let's, uh, let's take a quick second here. And when we come back, I will keep on answering your guys' questions. We have about four or five left. So we will go into lightning routing mode. Playoff activation mode. <laughs> I'm kidding. Here in a second. All right, the next question comes from D3DS. Hey, Anthony, two questions. One, I see LeBron get crushed in the media because he seemed to sit at the end of the bench during their loss to the Knicks. People are accusing him of uh, showing lack of leadership. Do you agree? Not really. He's still on the bench, right? Uh, The thing with LeBron in sitting at the end of the bench is that he has, so I don't know if you guys remember this, but Phil Jackson had a really bad back, and... Uh, he used to have an extra pad basically on his seat that allowed him to sit higher up than everybody else. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was an ego thing. I don't know. But I believe it was it was in regards to his hips and his back. LeBron has a very similar thing. And, and you know, does he look distant at times? Yes. And are there times probably where he wants to be distant? Yes. And And is that always the best way to be a leader? No, probably not. Uh, but I, I think the 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 sitting while on the bench, like this isn't a Rondo thing. Remember, Rondo was sitting off of the bench. He was sitting amongst other fans courtside. LeBron is still on the bench, and I think it's it's a little overblown. I I didn't I didn't really appreciate uh, uh, Walt Frazier 
Clyde Frazier uh, going going down that path with him. Like, it's funny to hear Clyde Frazier talk about ego when he's rocking the suits that he does. Like, what what are we doing there? Uh, and then the second part of that question uh, is. Who was better in your opinion, MJ or LeBron? Oh, man. LeBron. Next question here comes from Dano underscore Laker. Great job, guys, on the podcast. Have the Lakers done a terrible job of developing their young players into a viable, oh, into viable three-point shooters? For example, Brandon Ingram was billed as a three-point shooter coming out of Duke, uh, but has regressed in that area since becoming a Laker. Kuzma shot the three-ball Great as a rookie, but after a summer of spending time with the Laker developmental coaches, he has shot terribly from three-point land, Josh Hart also. Then look at the former young guys who uh, that were let go. Uh, they could never space the floor. Nance, Randall, Zubots were examples brought up here. They were all supposed to develop that shot every summer, but that never happened. Randall is now shooting threes in New Orleans. How do you? Uh, <laughs> how much do you want to bet the Zubots becomes a three-point threat with the Clippers. Uh, I've talked a lot about shooting. I don't know. So Jamal Wilkes is the head of player development with the Lakers. Uh, Or no, not Jamal Wilkes. His son. I forget what his son's name. Uh, But Jamal Wilkes' son is in charge of uh, developing youth with the Lakers. I think he should probably be fired, in my opinion. Uh... I think that the, the the scouting department has done a really good job of finding talent. The Lakers just haven't done enough to actually develop said talent. In regards to shooting specifically, I went into that uh, last week, you know, and talking about opportunities and turning mediocre shooters into good shooters and good shooters into really good shooters. You know, uh, I think the Lakers haven't done a very good job in that regard. Uh, but, but, you know, when you look at guys shooting after they leave the Lakers, like my thing is, so the Lakers brag about being a player's organization. And in my opinion, what the Lakers need to start doing is actually putting their hands on the development of these guys and, and not being so much of a player's organization. Um, and actually, you know, showing or, 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 or guiding these guys through the development that makes them more valuable as players over the course of their time as Lakers. That's just my two cents. Last few questions. Q Breezy 12 wants to know, they have two questions. Uh, can we get a Pete rant on D'Angelo Russell soon? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll talk to him. Uh, and I've come to the point where it's KD uh, slash Kawhi or bust to not be salty. And then two, what do we have to do to get you a press pass for exit interviews? Uh, I don't, so I, I went to the game Friday and, you know, I, I sat there and I talked to Pete and I talked to Harrison, who is my editor with Silver Screen. And it just doesn't make much sense for me to get credentialed to go to these games. I could. You know, I, I've I've covered the team long enough. I've made enough money <laughs> to be able to, you know, tell them, actually, I have a platform, you know. Uh, but I, the one thing, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to phrase this so that I don't sound as bad as I possibly could here. But 
when you get access, there's a bit of a trade-off for the things you get to say about the organization. Um, and now I, that's not to say that I take pot shots at the Lakers. I, I try to stay really fair with my analysis of them. But when you get credentialed, like the trade-off for that access, access can sometimes be, well, you know, let's just hold off on this story for right now, right? And you might get approached and, 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 and you might, you, you don't want to burn a source before you actually have to. And so, you know, I would just much rather be able to say what I want to say about the Lakers when that comes up. And now I offer as much context as I can possibly offer. And then I talk to people who are close with the Lakers. I still have Lakers sources, right? So, you know, I, I, I still, I, I'm, I'm still as fair as I possibly can be. And I try to, I, I, you know, I used to be really bad at, 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 uh, my analysis and, and being too big a pr- prisoner of the moment. But, you know, the idea of getting a press pass and maybe trading in some of my objectivity for access is not something that I'm, I'm really interested in doing. Next question here. We have, man, we still got a while. Wow. All right. Congrats on the house and the baby. Welcome to Parenthood. Would you consider it a fail if the Lakers picked up Kemba and uh, Vucevic over the offseason instead of Big Fish hunting for KD, Kawhi Leonard, or Kyrie? Uh, Pete can answer this too. All right. So I'll, I'll run this by Pete as well. But yeah, it would be a failure. It would. D'Angelo Russell, I think, in the next like two seasons, is going to be objectively better than the, than the Jimmy Butlers or the Kemba Walkers. And when you consider the fact that the Lakers just like gave him away for nothing, you have to get somebody who is objectively better than D'Angelo Russell. And I don't know if Kemba Walker or Kyrie Irving will be that like two years from now. Next question here comes from Groove. As always, I enjoy listening to your show. You do a fantastic job with your takes and analysis. Thanks. Major props. I'll take them. (laughs) With a generally top-heavy draft, if we somehow manage to land in the top three, would you rather keep the pick or would you package it for a star with the caveat that AD is not going to be available to us? Uh, Personally, as unlikely as it is, if we land number one, Zion is a Laker come next season. Every other pick is going out. Uh, your thoughts, if possible, maybe Pete can weigh in as well. All right, I'll. I what I do is I take a note of all of these questions that you ask uh, for Pete as well. So I'll 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 jot that down and we'll see what he thinks. But for me personally, I think if you get so top one or two picks to me, either uh, Zion Williamson or Brandon Clark. I think it's, I think it's Brandon Clark. Out of Gonzaga, those are your two top two picks. After that, I think you 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 move the pick and you see what you can get. Uh, the thing is, the Lakers don't have time to wait and see if whoever they draft actually pans out. Either you trade LeBron or you trade the pick, and the Lakers aren't trading LeBron. Next question here comes from R D Harris eighty one. Setting aside their failure in a dual coach slash GM. Uh, oh man, I lost my spot. Oh yeah, there you go. Uh, setting aside their failure in a dual coach slash GM role, what do you think of Tibbs or Stan Van Gundy as coach? 
Going back to simply coaching has worked wonders for Doc Rivers. I'm not a fan of Tom Thibodeau's approach to coaching. Uh, I I think he's his his defense is antiquated, and if you are uh, hiring somebody for their best talent and their best talent is antiquated, then it was a bad hire. Uh, Stan Van Gundy is a little bit more interesting, but again, you know, I his last two stops were so disappointing. Uh, this, the, his time in Detroit was a real bummer. Uh, and, 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 you know, I don't know if he comes back, if he doesn't get that type of an opportunity again to, to be able to have a say in personnel. And I just don't think you can have a coach, uh, be also in charge of personnel. It's just that they're always too short-sighted because they get, they get hired to be fired eventually. And so I understand why they're short-sighted, but that doesn't change the fact that they are short-sighted next question here comes from money mike h what's up anthony let's say ja morant falls to the number three pick if you're the lakers would you trade Hart first round their first round pick and maybe uh, a second contract or uh, a maybe a second for ja morant thanks uh oh man i'm not even gonna answer this because you said whataburger is better than in it i'll answer it because i i say i'm gonna answer everybody's question but uh that's a bad take in and out is objectively better than Waterburger. Like this isn't even that's not even for arguing. Anyway. Uh I don't I don't think the Lakers I I so if the Lakers didn't have LeBron, yeah, I would happily move up and, and take Ja Morant. Uh I just you know, they have LeBron, so you can't do that kind of thing. Next question comes from LA twenty four zero eight two five. So first, all of the numbers in my name are indeed Kobe and twenty five is a combo of Eddie Jones and uh, is a combo of Eddie Jones, Justice Pete guest, uh, laughing emojis. But my question this week is a hypothetical. Say if LeBron only signed a one year deal with the Lakers, do you think he would have come back next season? Oh, that's a good question. I think he would, because so LeBron can't leave the Lakers right now and have it and have them be in the state that they're currently in. Like, they they have to do some winning with LeBron. Otherwise, it's just like Bill and I talked about in last week's show, where if the entirety of LeBron's time as a Laker is, are, are more seasons like the one that we just went through or we're going through right now, then that's a major hit on his legacy. Because the argument has always been the... The the detra- the thing that detractors point to all the time is, well, LeBron was in the Eastern Conference this whole time. Of course he was able to succeed out there. Uh, it's a weaker conference. And then he comes to the West uh, the, the Western Conference and struggles the way that the Lakers do. And and you say, like, well, was it fool's gold this whole time while he was in, in, in the East? And, and that's not me saying that I think that's actually the case. But if anybody is worrying about that, is wondering about that, then, you know, LeBron has to be able to prove them wrong. So I think if his contract ended this year, he probably comes back next year to, to prove some people wrong. That's a good question, though. I'll, that's, a, that's a really fun question, actually. That's a fun hypothetical. Saul the Kid wants to know, question for Pete, Harrison, and anyone other than Anthony. Do you think Anthony pers- purposely tries to be funny because the initials for Locked on Lakers is LOL? Hashtag conspiracy theory. No, uh, and 
I don't try to be funny. I'm not funny. But I don't, like, go out of my way to try to be funny. I try to be entertaining because it's my job, but I don't, like, try to be funny. Last question comes from Devin Jan. Hey, I really love listening to you and Pete talk about the Lakers and all things, really. Thanks. My question is, even though Jason Kidd has a rough coaching past, do you think he would be good for Lonzo if he is still here, given the comparisons people have made? Him and Magic both giving Lonzo advice could be a good thing. Thanks for taking the time. Well, Magic as a coach was pretty terrible. Jason Kidd as a coach is like the only coach who ever held Giannis back. So, I don't know. If they want to, like, if if Jason Kidd wanted to just coach uh, Lonzo in the offseason and and trade him and kind of walk through, uh, t- t- like, kind of teach him through uh, the 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 task of learning video and and analyzing video, then like, yeah, I'd, I'd be fine with that, you know. But this idea that Kidd is going to be in charge of an entire team and hiring a coach just for a single player who is not LeBron, I don't think is a very is a very smart approach to building a team. That'll do it for this episode of the Locked On Lakers podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Shouts to Himalaya, who remains a key partner for the entire Locked On Network po- uh, podcast network. <laughs> uh, more on them as we get deeper into our partnership with them. Uh, we're really excited, though, as a whole for, for what that might look like. Uh, Thank you very much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's, and I will talk to you next.